All right, you can still hear hear. Yeah, yeah, you, you sound great. And that that buckle case behind you looks fantastic. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got yeah, I got a few up there, man. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll tell you. Uh, in fact, what well, a buddy of mine made the made the buckle case, and I'll make sure I give him a shout out on it so he could. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, here's a quick shout out for Brian Carpenter. Look him up on Facebook. He makes amazing buckle cases. You need a case to showcase that buckle? Look him up. He didn't ask me to do this. I'm not getting paid for this, but he's a good friend and his his buckle case is awesome. So look him up on Facebook and tell him that the Run the Riot podcast sent you. Again, his name is Brian Carpenter. Check him out. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey guys, you found the Run the Riot podcast. <laughs> so glad you're here. And uh, hey, happy Thanksgiving. A little bit late, but you know, hope you guys had a good time. Hope you got to some good food. Hope you got to visit with family. Um, hope you've uh, reflected on all that you got to be thankful for. Uh, man, we got a lot to be thankful for. I know 2021 has been ridiculous, but if you're listening to this, man, you got something to be thankful for. Sometimes you got to dig a little deep to find it, but you got it. So, um, Hey, today we got a great episode in store for you. Um, man, It's we're going to be talking with Louis Coco, uh, or Louis Coco, but he goes by Louis. And uh, so Louis is from Miami, uh, Miami area in Florida, and uh, he is known online, his alter ego, as he calls it, is the Running Ninja. Uh, we have a really interesting conversation. We talk about martial arts. He is a, a Taekwondo instructor and has a studio down there, but he also runs the races, man. He's done a 200K, done some 100 milers, and uh, he is actively doing things. He also directs a race. Man, we just have a really, really good conversation and uh, thoroughly enjoyed getting to know him, and I, I know you'll love it too. Um, hope, hopefully, you can check out some of his races and um, some of the things he's got going on down there in Miami. Uh, I encourage you to do so. I'll be posting links in the show notes. Uh, Real quick before we get started, let's talk about our sponsors. First of all, we got T8.run, the number T, the letter 8.run. Check it out. It's gear for ultra runners by ultra runners. Man, you need to check out the commando shorts. Uh, last week's guest, Stephen Massey, he, he's, he tried them out. He actually wore jean shorts, some jorts, and he wore, he gave the, he wore the commando shorts underneath, gave him the ultimate test. I think he said he ran a marathon or no, no, he was pacing for a long time. Um, and you know what? He had, uh, he didn't have any chafing. These things work, man. They're guaranteed to keep you chafe free. So check out their site, www.t8.run, and use the code 50-RUNTHERIOT for a discount. Check that out. Also, uh, brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. Man, you got to check them out. Go to www.outlaw100.com. I believe they've got the... Got a lot of good races, but the one that's coming up in South Kansas uh, is one of the Flat Rock series. It's Winter Rock. Uh, so you need to check that out. Um, they've also got, man, the, the Lake McMurtry Run, Flower Moon, Dark and Dirty, Thunderbird, which I just ran, uh, which was awesome. It was the inaugural year, and it was a great race. Um, and got to visit with my buddy Jeremy out there. You need to check that out when it comes around next year. And, uh, of course, the Outlaw 100 Mile, uh, Outlaw 135. 
five uh, and they've other distances out there which I heard the course is awesome it's tough it's it's amazing everybody who does it is like man it's great even people that DNF are like I'll be back it was awesome you know and so uh, you want a challenge check out the outlaw uh, race series and particularly the outlaw 100 uh, that one's coming up in February by the way um, also you want to partner with the podcast man I can ask you to do two things first of all uh, like and or like and subscribe, whatever. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen. Um, give us a rating on on uh, iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, and if you you're so inclined to become a Patreon supporter, man, I'd appreciate it if you throw a couple bucks per month my our way. You know, it helps defray some of the costs. Um, whatever. I love doing the podcast, and I just appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate the input, all the people who message me and that when you get something out of a podcast, man, I love it, and that's. That's ultimately why I do it, but I just like to give people an opportunity to partner. Uh, I'm blessed, man. I am blessed that I get to do this. I am blessed that I get to meet you guys out at races. Um, I'm blessed that, you know, when some of you guys message and ask for advice or are trying to make decisions on stuff, man, if, if anything I've experienced can help, I'm just a guy on the journey too. Uh, I love the journey I'm on and I love when other people decide to walk a similar journey and man, try to run these races and push themselves. I love it, man. I love it. And uh, so anything I can do to encourage you guys, uh, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in if I can do it. So uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, let's get on with this podcast with the running ninja, Lewis Coco. Welcome to the Run the Riot podcast today, and today we have from Miami, Florida, Louis Coco. How you doing, Louis? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. You know, it's uh, this is pretty exciting. So, I'm <laughs> um, um, looking forward to our conversation, and um, you know, and thank you for having me as a guest on your show. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you, uh, you and I are both uh, ultra guys, and so you know, we became friends on social media, and. Uh, saw that you were the the running ninja and of course that caught my attention because as a kid i always like i wanted to be a ninja you know so (laughs) so uh and and dabbled in martial arts and everything so so anyway it stood out and i was like i gotta check this guy out man (laughs) yeah it's kind it's kind of become my uh my uh alter ego for you know with the whole running and ultra run world so you know i i was born into the martial arts specifically taekwondo uh, so my father's grandmaster, uh, he basically started teaching me f- from day one. And uh, he's had a studio here in Miami for going on 35 years. Wow. Um, and I've had my studio now going on 13. And it's just been a lifelong thing. So, you know, martial arts is really all I've ever known. Like my whole life has been martial arts. And, and I, I ran a little bit before, too. I, I always loved to run, but it was really more like, uh, you know, I was more of a sprinter. Yeah. And explosive type stuff. And, you know, I ended up doing cross country in high school, but I was terrible because, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. anything and I, and I ran track, you know, as well. And so, like anything beyond 400 meters from an actual like competitive standpoint, you know, yeah. I was terrible. Um, <laughs> 
I'm sure other people will be like, oh, no, that's not terrible. But I, I mean, like, from a competitive standpoint. So, right, right. you know, I know, you know, the whole ultra thing is is really fascinating because it's it's really more of like a personal kind of journey and all that. But, uh, yeah, that definitely, you know, I was not a distance runner at all. So that's what kind of makes it funny that I got, you know, kind of accidentally got into this. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, it, it, I think it's really cool. I didn't know you, you that your dad's a a grandmaster and, 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 and taught you growing up, man. So I, I, I believe in, you know, um, you know, uh, I guess I want to say like repetition and the more you do something, the better you are at it. So man, you really, I mean, starting as a, as a kid, um, what is it? Bruce Lee that said, don't fear the man who learned a th- 10,000 kicks, fear the man who did one kick 10,000 times or something like that. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like you got it, it's in your blood, man. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's not like I, I did it recreationally and, and stuck with it for a long time. Like, I mean, this is literally my life every yeah. day for hours every day. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I've been teaching since I was, you know, a young kid as well, because, you know, helping out in my parents' studio, probably started, you know, doing little things, but helping out, I'd say by the age of like 10 and 11, 12, around there. And by the time I was like 14, 15, I was running my own programs and community centers and stuff like that. And uh, just, you know, that's pretty much been my my job my whole life, which I, I got to say is not really much of a job. You know, it's kind of a, a dream come true. And, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to really just keep living that life. And I ran my parents' studio for a number of years, and then finally, you know, it was the right time for me to to branch out and open up my own studio. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's it's been great. <laughs> uh, does your dad still have a studio? Or uh... yeah, yeah, yeah. There's their studio is still going strong. So you're the you competition? Know. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, you know, funny enough, man, Miami is so saturated, like as yeah. far as the amount of martial arts studios. So. You know, from like a geographical standpoint, their their studio, even though it's I'm sure in like other parts of the country, you'd be like, oh, man, that's definitely competition. <laughs> They're only like five miles away. <laughs> like that's a world apart where, where we're at. You know, yeah. there is within that five mile radius. You know, there's uh, so many martial arts studios of, of all disciplines. And so, you know, it, it's it's all good. At, at the end of the day, your only competition is yourself, really. You know, it's, yeah. it's like anything else. Man, I uh, I saw some of the pictures you had online at the studio, and then you know, like uh, the kids' classes and all. And and I I, it's such. I mean, for anybody to get into any of the of the martial arts, taekwondo, karate, uh, and and like shared before we recorded uh, uh jujitsu. I did jujitsu, and I, I just it's such a good thing for for kids especially to be involved in and and learn discipline and uh so do you have you have kind of all age ranges at your studio. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've I've taught anybody and everybody, you know, yeah. over the years. And, and I still like right now, you know, with all this COVID stuff going on, um, I we did have like a really like little toddler class almost for a while. You know, my, my daughter's four. Okay. So, you know, and she really wanted to start doing official classes in the studio. Yeah. We kind of set up a little class for like two through four year olds and it was a pretty cute class and and these kids were awesome but you know they're just they're they're pretty young right now and with everything that was going on we kind of like suspended that right now so i have basically like five year olds and up and uh it's it's a good mix i have you know a bunch of adults teens and um i've taught 
you know, my, my eldest students in the seventies, wow. um, you know, I also worked with special needs students, um, oh, nice. for years, even before I opened up this studio, I did a lot of like one-on-one and occupational therapy and that type of stuff as, as well as specifically martial arts, you know, for kids with, um, you know, different, uh, special abilities and stuff like that. Oh man, that's, that, that's awesome. Um, do you have, uh, I, and, and we, I guess we got to get to running sooner or later, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It, it, but in the gym, cause I'm curious, I love this stuff. So we used to have guys in, and when I did, uh, we would do, uh, Muay Thai and then, uh, jujitsu and also, you know, self-defense type stuff, but we'd have guys yes. that would join the gym and, you know, UFC got big and everybody they just, they just want to learn to fight, you know? And, right. uh, they come in and, and it was really cool to, to watch just kind of, I don't know, men, you know, and, and but learn to, to start to live a disciplined life. And, and, they, and they came in to learn to fight. They want to fight in a cage and all or whatever. And they would learn, learn to be disciplined, you know, and, and kind of that aggression wasn't there anymore. It was just a discipline. right. It, yeah. it is fascinating to see, like, like you say, you know, you can see these people come in or men or, or, or whoever come come through the door, you know, like fitting some type of stereotype and they're very aggressive and big and strong, but the, the dojo or the, do, you know, in Taekwondo it would be a dojang, the a dojang is a, a, the Korean way, but it would, um, you know, it strips you down, <laughs> you know, it, it humbles you just like yeah. uh, any good trail will humble any runner, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the studio definitely humbles everybody down and, and, you know, and sparring humbles people down real quick as well. Like, you know, it's one thing to, to hit a, a bag or a dummy or a target, you know, but when you got to do it to a moving, you know, human and they're hitting you back and they know what they're doing, you know, and they've been doing it for a long time. It, it just, it yeah. makes a big difference. And, and like you said, it, it's really interesting to see how, how people's, uh, you know, character kind of shifts and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, I, I wish everyone would do martial arts. Honestly, I, I think yeah. it's, it's a great thing for, for all people to, you know, it's kind of has this like very interesting, um, like mediating effect where if, if you're kind of timid and you need to get some more aggression or strength or self-confidence, it can yeah. bring that out of you. And if you're like a very aggressive kind of person, it has a way of helping you to mellow out and kind of, so it, yeah. it's very interesting how it, you know, how it does that. Yeah. We, yeah. Especially, I mean, you know, when you, when they, you figure out that you've got to learn technique because you can have all the aggression and strength but it only gets you so far. The little skinny guy, AKA me in the gym will, you know, can, you know, use technique and, and stop a big, strong guy, you know? Oh yeah, uh, for sure. And, and so that they kind of learn that, okay, I need to, got to learn, you know, I gotta, <laughs> gotta be disciplined and learn some things. <laughs> yeah, no, that, most definitely. I mean, a, a really funny, quick uh, side story, you know, years ago, when my father, before I was born, when my father moved to Queens, I'm originally from Queens, New York, but I, I didn't live there very long. Okay. I lived there about five years. And then I've been, I'm, I'm 40 now. So I've been in Miami for 35 years. Um, but, uh, yeah, when my father, you know, he did a lot of martial arts training and boxing and street fighting, stuff like that in the Dominican Republic where he's from. Oh, wow. And, and when, he, so in, uh, in New York city, when my mom was trying to convince him, Oh, you should join, you know, this, uh, this martial arts studio. And this is like humble little, you know, Taekwondo studio with a, you know, Korean master, typical Korean master, you know, not uh, of small frame, small build, you know, and yeah. my dad at that time, you know, was really strong. He was also into power lifting and all this stuff. So he, <laughs> he kind of had that mindset, like I'll, I'll whip everybody in there. You know, what am I going to do? Like training there. 
Yeah. And he, she, she finally convinced him to go in. And so he goes and he meets the, the grandmaster. And like literally as he goes to shake his hand, you know, the grandmaster, uh, Chung Tai Lee, which, you know, my ma- he's almost like my grandfather. Uh, he, uh, he could immediately kind of sense his attitude. And he just dropped him to his knees in a little like a uh, hapkido wrist hold instantaneously. <laughs> and, he, and, he ba- and he told him essentially like, you know, in his broken English, he's like, oh, I understand your mind. And, and he's like, and he told him, power is good, but technique much better. And he, he, made my, he made my father walk the perimeter of his studio on his knees while he gave him a whole little talk and just talked to him about everything. And it was like a very humbling, you know, moment for him. And that's when he began his journey, you know, uh, under our grandmaster, Chung Tae Lee, in, in New York City. And, you know, my father's his highest uh, disciple and kind of the heir to his uh, his association and his legacy. So it's, it's kind of funny how it all started, though. That That's cool. Like, here's a big old slice of humble pie. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, that's cool, man. That, I love I love stories like that. That's great. Uh, so so you grew up. I mean, I mean, just just like you said, in the blood, just saturated in in in, in martial arts. And so, what you, you ran in high school and stuff. What got you to to really engage the running that you do now? I mean, um, did uh, like what? <laughs> yeah, how, how'd you how'd you get infected with that too? Yeah, so you know, I've always um, I always loved adventure, you know, and I'm, I've always been like a nature boy and an outdoor buff and. Um, you know, my wife and I would do a lot of road tripping and things like that. And, and um, you know, post high school, post uh, like, you know, college, high school life. And, um, you know, still doing Taekwondo every day. I, I compete in Taekwondo a lot as well, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, with some success at, at a high level. But, you know, not necessarily going making that that final step like an, an Olympic dream you know, some close calls trying to make it to like team trials and stuff like that. But just between kind of injury and back and forth and different things just never really made it. And, um, you know, at that point kind of started teaching a lot more and coaching, but, uh, you know, running was still like a one mile, two mile, like, Oh, I'm going to get my fitness in, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm going to go for a long one today, babe. I'm going to go run two miles. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) you know, and one day out of the, out of the blue, my wife was like, uh, I want you to train me to run a half marathon. And she doesn't, you know, she hated running. Like she doesn't run at all. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, that, that sounds like, like a great goal for you. And I had never really, I I guess, I don't know, three or four miles was probably like my longest run. This is like around 2012, I think. So not that long ago, like eight years ago. And so, you know, and I, I train people for a living. That's what I do. Like, you know, not specifically distance running, but, you know, she was such a beginner uh, and, and I, I ran track for many years and, you know, I understand the principles of running and all that stuff. But so we, we kind of, you know, started <laughs> going at it. It was, it was rough <laughs> for a <laughs> yeah. while. And uh, we ended up doing the, the Miami half, um, the Miami marathon weekend. And we I, I ran the half with her. I paced her. And it was such a great experience, you know, and it was just so awesome. And I was like, whoa, you know, I had done a few 5Ks, but never done like a race like that of that magnitude. Yeah. And I was blown away. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. And so I started thinking to myself, I wonder what I could do in a half. And so I, you know, I signed up for a local half, you know, that I could find right away. And 
and it was much smaller, but it was the Key Biscayne half. Um, you know, from something like about a thousand participants versus the the Miami Marathon, which draws like thirty thousand yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was great, and I loved it. And then, so I just started buying books on running and yeah. devouring them. And then, of course, you know, probably very cliche, but I found Dean Carnaz's Ultra Marathon <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started Same. reading it, and I I couldn't put it down, and I was like, what the heck is this? Like, who like who runs these things? Like, how can you do that? And you know, I was like so blown away, like genuinely blown away by it. And and um. And I know I kind of lost my train of thought there, but I used to travel a lot and go for the Taekwondo competitions, go out west a lot. So we'd always go to like national parks, do a yeah. lot of hiking, um, you know, do things that I thought were extreme back then. You know, yeah. I took my wife's. So I was like, oh, you're trying to kill me. But, I, you know, I'd take her on all these crazy hikes and stuff. And we do a lot of, you know, whitewater rafting and different things like that. And I, I always love being out there in nature and kind of pushing the envelope. And then when I read this book, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is like, this is it right yeah, here. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why didn't I know about this like a long time ago? You know, all these crazy things that I want to do in the mountains and in the forest, like, all I have to do is train for this and sign up for a race and have the opportunity to see things that, you know, most people will never get a chance to experience. And, um, you know, it took a little while, but I was immediately hooked and I started reading more and picking up more books and, you know, uh, Born to Run, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Scott Jurek's books, uh, hey, you know, and more and more and like just went down that whole rabbit hole and just, you know, reading like crazy and um, and just started training. But I started doing a lot of the Dean Carnazes, like the whole like uh, the runabout red, just get, you know, get a credit card and get out there. And and I always love to travel and adventure. So I was like, this is great. I mean, I can explore my city and see different things and just kind of see how it how it feels. And I and I started doing that and then planning routes and I started, you know, instead of just doing like a, a two mile run and training that way, I always tried to make it interesting or explore a new part of town. And that's, that's kind of how the Miami 100 was born as well, because I just love, I've always loved maps. I've always loved to travel. Yeah. And then, so like training for ultra was basically, you know, all these really interesting kind of uh courses that i would create here in miami yeah miami is a, is a pretty big city so there's you know there's no shortage of of really neat routes and places that you could go and uh yeah you know so i just kind of went down that rabbit hole and you know my first race was um stump jump uh stump jump i think was 2013 or 2014 um chattanooga and it, it kicked my butt pretty bad, <laughs> you know, because yeah. uh, we have no trails down here. So that's true. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we have like some stuff that you could call a trail, I guess. But it's really like grass and a few roots and, <laughs> and some sand. There's no elevation change. There's none of that. There's no hills, you know, so you have to get really creative for the training. But, you know, again, I've, we've been a Chattanooga. We've been all over the country and we, we love the, you know, it's funny because I live in the city, but I, I love the mountains. Yeah. And so yeah. that was like naturally my first pick. And it was, you know, it was great. And um, like I said, it, it kicked my butt. I, lo I loved it so much. <laughs> and it was it was so funny because uh, it's amazing how your body adapts, you know. So I do this race, get back to the hotel. And at the time I just had, um, you know, my daughter wasn't born yet, but my son was like four years old and my wife. And we go out to celebrate in downtown Chattanooga that night. And um 
you know, usually I, I'm always carrying my kids and stuff like that. And, and I'm like, Maylene, you gotta, you gotta grab Lucas. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't think I can make it across the street. Like, you know, the light, the pedestrian light flashes on and I'm trying to cross the street and I look like, like a 90 year old that just got a hip replacement. You know, I, it was, it was bad. And, and it's funny cause like now, you know, I'll, I'll finish a hundred and, and I might be a little hobbled, but you know, yeah. By the end of the the next morning, you know, you're walking around, you could jog or run if you need to. And, you know, it's crazy how your body just adapts to that. But, but man, that was an eye opener back then. It's, it's, yeah. I, it's always funny to hear people's like when they run their first ultra and how, you know, like, cause I, I, I was going to ask, I'm glad you said it. Cause I was like, okay, how, how'd your body feel? <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> Oh no, it was, it was crazy. I mean, I was yeah. like, and I kicked so many you know, rocks and roots and my toes were just killing me. My feet were killing me, but you know, it was, it was just amazing. It was perfect. You know, I was out there and I was like, this is where I need to be, you know? And I, I love the trail community. Um, the yeah. ultra community was, you could kind of immediately feel like a different kind of embrace, you know? Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people that are outside of the community, they might think we're all kind of crazy, <laughs> you know, they don't, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. it, it it really is something you got to experience to, to, uh, you know, fully understand it, I guess. And, well, it, um, it's funny. Uh, cause I always, I always question, you know, um, you know, you said you read the book, you read about Dean Carnassus and, and I have some people that, that see a documentary on him or, or other ultra runners and they say, wow, you guys are crazy. And then there are people like you who read that and they be like, that's awesome. Like I want to do it, you know, <laughs> like you're drawn to it. Not, not, it's not some weird oddity that, you know, like, you know, a freak show. It's like, no, I want to be a part of that freak show. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's, and, and being, going back to the whole martial art thing. I mean, I've always really loved the whole, you know, like mind over matter, yeah. you know, kind of training yourself to, uh, you know, to really be able to push past limits and things like that. And, 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 and also obviously there's a good amount of learning to deal with pain and, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. So, you know, a lot of it, uh, kind of, and, and, you know, just a lot of the philosophies, I feel like they really go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think it's funny cause in, in the, like a lot of my colleagues and people in the martial art community think I'm kind of crazy for all the running. And then a lot of my running friends think the whole martial art thing is kind of <laughs> crazy, but I really see them as like a, a perfect marriage, you know, to be honest. So yeah. I don't necessarily like, um, in my mind, I don't kind of separate them out too much. You know, it's just all sort of, part of you know one i don't i don't even know what to call it but you know i i love it so yeah well it, it works and, and all the running your cardio uh doing martial arts is off the charts you know <laughs> yeah you know i mean like i said like i've never been like a, a great distance guy so i'm still i'm i'm learning and i'm getting better at it and i got a yeah. long way to go you know I, I see the potential and and hopefully i you know i can I can, uh, improve my, my, my times and, but yeah. I, I'm definitely very fascinated with this whole hundred mile and beyond thing. You know, I don't, it appeals to me the most. Like I, I like, I like all of them, but I, I, you could throw, show me a hundred races, you know, and I'm only really going to look at the ones that are triple digits or longer, you know, yeah, it just, yeah. it, it just speaks to my soul. You know, I want, <laughs> I want the challenge, the adventure, the, I love the planning, the logistics, yeah. You know, just kind of because it, it takes on like a whole life of its own and you got to figure all those little details out. And, um, you know, every race is so different based on the terrain, the weather, you know, um, 
you know, there's just so many factors and really that yeah. go into it. That, and that's the part that I really love the most. Yeah. And it, and it, you never know what happens at, you know, during a race as, you know, so many miles, you can have all these things happen, you know, and you've got to problem solve during a race, you know, it's, it's a lot goes on. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and I, so ironically enough, my first ever attempt at a hundred, um, was a Daytona 100, which I'm going to run in two week, two weekends. Yeah. And, um, so I DNF that race and I got to, I got to mile 89. Oh, wow. Turns out I didn't know at the time, but coincidentally I had gotten cellulitis. I had like some kind of a spider bite or something in my left leg, but I didn't know it. So I started the race, you know, and I was so green, you know, I, I was running like ridiculously fast for what I should have been doing, you know, um, but I guess, you know, that kind of helped me along a little bit, but I was feeling from the beginning, you know, what I just, nothing was feeling right, but I'm like, well, it's my first hundred. It's supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to hurt. It's going to be difficult. You know, it's, it's, you know, these are all things you should expect, but I was just having an unusual amount of cramping, you know, like, if I was comparing back to training and, so, and Daytona is road. So I'm used to training here in Miami on the roads. So, you know, and it's flat. So it's, it's still Florida. It's very comparable. So things just weren't adding up. And then I started feeling kind of, um, almost like sick and loopy and, and all this feverish. And it got to a point where I was walking like, um, you know, like a 45 minute mile, you know, almost a wow. one hour mile. And my leg was so swollen and I could, cause I was like, they will have to carry me out on a stretcher. You know, it's that whole, again, martial art, like samurai code, ninja code, you know, and I was like, I'm not, there's no way I'm, I'm DNFing this. And my leg was just so bad that, um, you know, I finally had to make peace with, with calling it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I was, I was pretty bummed about it, but then a few days later, you know, my leg just kept turning colors and getting bigger and bigger and finally, you know, my, my wife and my parents were like, you need to go to the hospital. And I couldn't, you know, doctors kept asking me like, what happened to your leg? And I'm like, oh, I ran 89 miles. And they're like, and I'm like, why do they keep asking me this? Don't they get like 89 miles yeah. trauma, you know? <laughs> but then he's like, well, why isn't your right leg swollen at all? And then it, oh. it like hit me and I was like, <laughs> oh, that's true. Like my, my right leg doesn't feel sore at all. Like, yeah. honestly, and he was like, no, you, you have cellulitis. It's a blood infection. And, you know, you probably you got it somehow before you even started the race. The race just exacerbated it. Oh, wow. And so I was like so bummed because I was like, oh, my God, this was my first experience. And um, I really didn't know how to, you know, how to assess it because yeah. of that weird variable. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and I and I just, uh, you know, I spent three days in the hospital on straight IV antibiotics. Oh, it was, man. It was, miserable and nauseating and it was the worst i couldn't have any food it was just straight iv and it was it was terrible and that was my first that was my first experience with it but um what's terrible is you probably had people like you see you try to run that far and look what happens you know right right right, right. yeah it was a bite you know (laughs) yeah yeah exactly you know so i mean I, i actually um, the, the second race I ran, which was the, the, uh, oh my goodness, the you 50 did. miler lookout 50, the lookout yeah. mile 50. Um, 
I landed the first mile out, you know, again, just super naive, just running really fast with the, with the, the big dogs in the front. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying, I'm just trying <laughs> to go fast. I'm so happy. It was like 23 degrees that morning. You know, I'm from Miami. So like I don't get cold weather often. So I'm, I'm yeah. loving the cold weather. I'm in the, you know, we're in the mountains in the woods. I'm like, can't be any better. And, you know, we're flying downhill and it's like, you know, just way too fast for what I should have been doing <laughs> and just slipped and fell on some granite. And I actually like, uh, fractured my patella in my left in my knee. Oh, wow. And I got to, I got to send you a picture of that. And, you know, but I was wearing compression tights and stuff like that. And so I couldn't, I couldn't see it, but it was, I mean, that knocked the wind out. It was a nasty hit. And this was mile one. Oh and, no, um, that's crazy. Yeah, it was mile one. And, um, you know, I, by the time we got back to like the main, um, I guess, uh, aid station and start finish line area, it was like mile 22. And, you know, some of the adrenaline came down and, and I ate and I stretched a little bit and I started hobbling to continue on. I was like, Oh no, I'm, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. And, um, you know, I was like really struggling, but I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And I was, I was able, I had my phone in my pack and I called my wife at like mile 37 and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make the cutoff. You know, my knee is just like killing me. And she puts my son on the phone and he, he's five years old at the time. And, you know, my wife's like, you got to call it, you know, you can't hurt yourself. And, you know, I had yeah. torn my ACL in competition in Taekwondo before. So she's worried about me. She doesn't want me to go yeah. through another traumatic injury. And, you know, my business, <laughs> my, my livelihood is, is teaching and, and, Needing yeah. to have my legs to be able to operate properly. Yeah. And my, my, my son tells me, he's like, uh, Dad, I hear you're not moving so well. This is a five-year-old. <laughs> five-year-old. Like, this is a five-year-old. This is verbatim what he says. He goes, I hear you're not moving so well. This is what I want you to do. Every time you feel like you can't go any further, just picture me in front of you running. And that, I'm not even kidding. That brought tears to my eyes immediately. And I was, I was so emotional. You know, and so I, you know, I got off the phone with my son and my wife and, and, you know, just told him I loved him. And then I, and I did exactly what he said. I was just picturing my son there and, you know, and I just pushed as hard as I could and, and I barely made that cutoff. It was a 13 hour cutoff. And I think I got in with like 13 minutes or something, or I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my knee was messed up, man. I actually had my, like, if you look at my two patellas side by side now, there's like a permanent deformity on that one <laughs> yeah from that but it just goes to show you like people don't you don't realize like the most random thing could stop you you know like yeah. i was i somehow managed to get through that yeah you know with that and the trails but the the cellulitis thing was like something else it was on another a whole yeah. nother level of of we i didn't even know what it was to be honest you know and yeah. I, it, a few days later before i got to the hospital you know i could if i just stood in place for like a minute the amount of blood that start pooling down there and, and, you know, the pain was just like crazy. And, you know, I'm glad I, you know, got in and got it because I'm one of those stubborn people that don't like to yeah, <laughs> get yeah. anything checked out, you know? Yeah. And there's, you know, and, and there's, you know, there's a place 
at time to be tough, but then there's also, you know, to live and f- live to live to fight another day, you know? Right, right. No, for sure. For sure. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, lear- I'm learning with time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. Same. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, funny. This is the way my brain works. You said your wife was telling you, you got to call it, you got to quit. And then your son tells you, you know, gives you the motivational speech. So I'm picturing when they hang up your wife, boy, what is wrong with you? You know, right, 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 right. <laughs> like, uh, no, uh, but, uh, so I, 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 I've had uh, two ACL reconstructions, too, on the same oh, wow. knee. Oh, and wow. so um, the first time was just uh, uh, jujitsu. I, I, I was just a clean uh, – just just, just, just popped the ACL, didn't do any other damage. But the second time in 2015 – Were you in like a heel hook or something or, or- – No, I was I was, uh, I was rolling with my instructor, and uh, I was trying to muscle through something that I should have uh, used technique. And, uh, I, uh, I zigged when I should have zagged and right. I, yeah, I just bent my knee sideways and, um, how did, how did yours happen? It, it was fighting. Uh, it was in okay. a Taekwondo competition. It was a, a state qualifier and pretty foolish. You know, I, I had already secured, um, you know, first place. It, it was the last fight of the night. It was a long night. You know, I had coached like 25 athletes. I was oh, also wow. part of the state association. You know, I, so I was working the event coaching all day you know with yeah. the, it was exhausting and so this fight was like around midnight after a full day and you know got through the first rounds and then so for the gold medal match um you know i had already enough of a cushion and a lead there was about like five seconds left on the clock i could have just backed up a bit or went out of bounds but that's not my personality or style so this guy came you know he's got to go for a knockout at this point to win the match so he's coming at me with everything and, you know, I try to just kind of cut kick him, which is kind of like a front leg side kick, you know, just put it on the hip and push him back. And somehow, you know, he managed to spin on that and he threw a vicious back kick, which my leg was still kind of up in the air, almost like pinned on his hip. Yeah. And his heel just hit the side of my knee, you know, and the guy is a beast, you know. And yeah. He, yeah. And he and a back kick is, you know, about the most powerful kick you can generate. And. You know, you hit my knee really ridiculously hard and, um, you know, but again, like I, I, I didn't even go down. It was weird. I just, he hit my knee, the time expired, you know, referee immediately came in, you know, stopped the match. We shook hands, you know, he's a friend, uh, you know, we got our awards. I hobbled off, spent the rest of the weekend hobbling around with my family, you know? Yeah. And, and like a fool, you know, cause I couldn't even straighten my knee or bend it. And I'm like, man, this is, it's really bad this time, you know, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I've been banged up so many times in my life, but I'm telling my wife, I'm like, man, this, this, this thing's pretty bad. And, um, you know, it was, it, I realized when I got back to the studio, um, after the weekend and tried to move around and test it, that, yeah. It, you know, it kind of just went out on me and uh, I was like, man, it's, it's really bad. And so a client of mine who is also a doctor and radiologist was like, dude, you need to get that MRI ASAP. Yeah. And so, and so I did and it was like, yeah, your ACL is gone. <laughs> you know, it's not, uh, it's not even there. It's gone. Yeah. And, uh, and that was kind of stunk cause you know, I was having a good run and, uh, you know, with a lot of the, the, the high level Taekwondo stuff and, um, you know, I had missed a, there is a, um, for the 2012 Olympic games, the 2010, uh, national championships was like the qualifier to get in, you know, for like the Pan Am games. And then also for the Olympic team, you know, like the runoff kind of thing. And so 
you know, I was in the match where it was like the semifinal or, or the quarterfinal and, you know, had I won that match, I'd get in, I'd qualify for the team trials to go back. It's not to yeah. say that I'd make a team, but, you yeah, know, yeah. it'd be pretty You're, cool to make it to the, you know, get to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs and go to team trials and all that. And, um, you know, we fight with these electronic chess guards and this was like the first pro it, it, you know, it senses like the foot pad, the foot pads got like magnets on it and stuff like that. But this first like system that they used that was terrible that, you know, only lasted about two years or so. It was, uh, it was like a dual system. You'd have to, the machine would have to recognize the hit and then the judges would have to confirm it with their little like joysticks, like in the corner. Huh. And, um, you know, we went to uh, sudden death and I, and I hit this guy, you know, clear as day with a back kick and all the judges gave me the point, but the machine for whatever reason did not recognize oh. it. Yeah. These things, these like these, even the ones that they use now in the Olympics and all that, they're pretty good. It's better than having judges, Yeah. but sometimes you could just pound somebody with the best <laughs> kick. You know, you could hear it from across the auditorium and nothing comes up. And then, you know, you might have this like, crappy kick that grazes the chest guard and, and you know and the points come up. it's just yeah, the name of the yeah. game yeah and so you know I, I missed that opportunity and you know my son had just been born he was a preemie there was a lot of stuff going on and it, oh, it, was, wow. it was a pretty emotional time for me and um you know i was really bummed because i was you know i was really getting it i had a few other good showings at at some other big international opens and stuff like that and um and so 2011 was supposed to be my year you know i was, yeah. I was one of the probably the, the better fighters in the light in my weight category, which is lightweight, um, under 74 kilos, 163 pounds. And, um, and yeah, so the qualifier went as was expected, you know, I, I, I won it, uh, and I was supposed to go to nationals and have a really strong finish at nationals that year and end up tearing my ACL uh. there. And that was kind of the beginning of the end of my, real push for any kind of like oh, major glory in the competitive <laughs> yeah. taekwondo world you know um every once in a while there's, there's still a little chip on my shoulder because you know i <laughs> I, I, I can still go with anybody you know and and, and i kind of still am like oh you know maybe one more run but you know it's just uh, managing the studio with everything i have going on with the races um you know my kids my family and it's funny because before I used to think like my thinking was, oh, I got to be careful with all this running because I don't want it to mess up my Taekwondo. Yeah. Now I'm like, I got to be careful with how much Taekwondo I do <laughs> because I got a hundred mile race coming up, you know, <laughs> and it, yeah. I've kind of, you know, I'm, I'm at that, that point where, you know, I, I started actually having a lot of success coaching and stuff like that. So I, I kind of started thinking like things happen for a reason and uh, maybe, you know, it wasn't supposed to me supposed to be me that would be successful you know in in that kind of way it was is my athletes as a coach and you know so i after that i i placed a bunch of athletes on the u.s national team nice um had one of my my students go to junior world championships so you know i've had a, a lot of really neat opportunities to work with you know world champions olympians stuff like that and and really, I'm also a Taekwondo tournament director. So, you know, I, I host, uh, okay. yeah, I've been hosting tournaments for this year. I couldn't host it, you know, because of COVID, but, um, yeah. you know, I host a, a competition, a fight league for, um, you know, the last seven years, this would have been the eighth year running. And, and, and through that, I've had a lot of people come through that league as well. And 
Um, you know, I do it a little different than most tournaments. It's not single late elimination. I let athletes continue to fight and build experience so they could, mm. you know, if they lose early in their, their actual bracket, they could come back and do what we call like an exhibition fight. And so they can go ahead and, and they could fight up, you know, to gain that experience. So if their coach is yeah. okay with it and the other coach is okay with it, you know, they might fight a really good player or at a higher age bracket or, or, or rank level. And, and so a lot of athletes really would, you know, every summer they take advantage of that. And then you'd yeah. see them, you know, making national teams and stuff like that. So it's, it's really neat to kind of, you know, see those things from that, from that perspective, you know, as, as a coach personally, and then also as a tournament director and, and, you know, providing some kind of platform for people to, to achieve their dreams and stuff like that. And, you know, and <laughs> I still, like I said, I still, there's still that little bit of fight in me and, yeah. and I'm, I'm a very active coach. So like, you know, when I'm working with athletes, whether they're my own or if I visit, you know, like a colleague, you know, a lot of times we do like trainings and seminars. And so I'll go and I'll give a seminar or I'll work with like private teams or like the Florida, you know, team and stuff like that. You know, I'll, I'll spar with a lot of the athletes and stuff like that and I'll move with them. And so, you know, I, I like, I like to be hands on or hands and yeah. feet on. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> I stay, I, I, I try to make, I try to maintain myself, you know, so I feel yeah. like, um, you know, maybe I'm, you know, as a 40 year old, you, you might not be as, as, um, nimble as you were when you were 25, but yeah. you're wiser and, you know, you're probably grittier and tougher and maybe yeah. a little meaner, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so who knows? It's been a weird year and, uh, yeah. you know, not doing the Taekwondo thing also this year kind of had me really missing it a lot. So I kind of, I've been like tooling with the idea of like, maybe, maybe I'll do some, some sparring and some ultras, uh, 2021. <laughs> who knows we'll what 2021 is going to hold? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it'll be a little bit, uh, things will, you know, yeah. Kind of move forward. So so uh, with your uh, with your ACL uh, reconstruction, did you do uh, did you do cadaver tendon, uh, patella tendon, or uh, hamstring? I did the cadaver tendon. Okay, that's what I did yeah. the first time, and then when I broke it again, they used my hamstrings. <laughs> oh man! Wow, yeah, that hurt. Uh, but do, do yeah, you? Yeah, but I mean, but you run like you run some amazing. Uh, I, was, I was doing a little snooping around on all the sign up, and <laughs> yeah. you got some you got some killer uh, killer hundred finishes there man you know pretty well, impressive stuff well it's, it, it, i'm i'm blessed to be at the second time because the second time i tore it i i i, I tore meniscus ding the cartilage i did a number on it and and i feel it sometime you know and that's why i was going to ask do you do you do you ever feel it or are you or is it pretty good good as new it's pretty good but actually so after i tore it you know i had this big chip on my shoulder and it was I'm going to get back faster than like all the, you know, whatever the doctors say, this is so foolish, you know, yeah. like it's just like immature stuff. And, <laughs> and, and I, I think also a little part of me was maybe didn't realize, you know, that I was kind of mourning the fact, the reality of that, like my little competitive run was probably over, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I, I was like, no, I'm going to get right back at it. You know, there's always the, the next, round of years and I could try to make national team next year and this, that, and the other. And, and so I, I pushed myself really hard and I, you know, I did all the rehab solo. Um, you know, my doctor from day one was like, well, you know, it, it's weight, you know, it's you, if you can tolerate it, you know, you can, you know, put, 
you can really kind of go at it. So I, I really went hard on, on all the, the therapy stuff. And I got myself to a point where I, I went back to fight after six months. Which oh, wow. Was, yeah, it was probably <laughs> foolish because, you, you know, you want to give it like a full year. So especially the thing is, too, like, you know, fighting is so dynamic and it's so different. Like, and you end up, and you know, in Taekwondo especially, that's so kick dominant and it's so yeah. athletic and you're doing all these wild and crazy movements and pivoting. And yeah. you know, it's so easy. It's so easy for you to get your leg in a pickle where you could really mess it up, you know, yeah. especially if, if you're still recovering. So it was, it was foolish to me. You know, I went back um, and I qualified, but I just wasn't the same. You know, and I was fighting completely different. It was yeah. a modified approach just to kind of get through it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I ended up taking second, you know, against an opponent that, you know, beforehand I'd handily beat. And it was kind of yeah. like, why am I doing this? Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not close to my best at all. And, and I'm, I'm not doing it right now for the love. I'm doing it just to prove a point. And it yeah. was kind of immature. And, you know, so I decided to skip out on nationals, even though I'd qualified, I was like, you know what, I need to, to fully heal and recover. And, and then again, the coaching was going really well. And a lot of my athletes were having like really high level success. Yeah. And so I was like, Let, let's focus on that. And then of course, you know, and I was starting to get a lot of transfer athletes too, because, you know, that's just kind of how this sport works. Unfortunately, it's good and bad. You know, it goes both ways. You know, your athletes get recruited and stuff like that. And, um, and so I had a guy from like a different, uh, kind of federation It's more like karate style, but he was like a world champion in that. And he came over and he wanted to, you know, have a shot at maybe the Olympics. And so he started training a big kid, big, strong kid. And, you know, I had to move around with one of my guys and he was a little nervous. And then I decided to move around with him. This is 11 months post post op now. And I, I threw this like really gentle kick at him with the, with the, uh, non messed up knee. And he like just freaked out and he like did this crazy kick under my leg, under my kicking leg and the bad knee somehow, like I just couldn't get my foot off the ground correctly. You know, like, yeah. Normally, you know, I could roll out of anything, you know, yeah. I guess, you know, these things are like freak accidents. I've been doing this my whole life. And for whatever reason, it was just an awkward moment and my leg got stretched out. So all my balance kind of like I just came down on that that bad ACL and I heard my knee pop like three times. And I, I saw like my I had a whole conversation with myself like in slow motion <laughs> It like it was like a half second you know, <laughs> yeah. in actuality, but I had like a, a three minute session of scolding myself <laughs> and, um, you know, the look on some of my students that knew about my knee and, and, and my wife and everyone. And I just played it off. I got up, kept moving around, you know, ended it. But then I, when I went home, I, I really thought I retore it. But luckily it ended up being like MCL damage and, and scar tissue and all that. And so what ended up happening was my knee was just super lax. And like laterally, it was just so lax. And I was like, great, you know, I have, I have a lame knee now, yeah. you know, at least the ACL is okay. But, and that was really the moment where I was like, okay, I need to strengthen this knee and stop messing yeah. around. And, and so it took me probably a year or more for it to really get strong again. But yeah. since then it's been, it's been great, you know, really? and actually I think a lot of the running kind of helped and became more therapeutic and also because a lot of it is you know i guess is less dynamic than doing all these crazy kicks and stuff at a, at a really high level yeah for me it was 
it was something that was like a more reliable way of training hard and pushing myself yeah. without really risking, you know, blowing up my knee again kind yeah. of thing, you know, and, and, and then it's always been like kind of, a like this cautionary tale. I still have to play the game right now where it's like training for a hundred, <laughs> you know, training my students or training myself. Like yeah. the, the hardest thing I've had to learn is to be more gentle with like my ligaments and my tish, soft tissue because, you know, the, the ultra training is so different from the explosive training. Yeah. And sometimes I think I'm okay and I'll be like a week or two off of a hundred and then I'm in the studio here, like, you know, firing, you know, full blast and doing stuff and, and going back into athletic, like plyometric drills and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, my foot is like, uh-uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you messed up, man, you know, yeah. and, and I've, uh, I've caused more damage like that than, I, you know, than I've wanted to, like, you know, just not, you know, I guess being patient enough with that transition because you yeah. can't, you really just can't run all the miles and do all the kicks at the same time. Yeah, you, yeah, know? Yeah. you can't, like, you, I can do it, but I have to, one of them has to be at a way less intense clip than the other you Gotta know sw and, swing that pendulum you know <laughs> right no for sure I've, I've had to really you know learn to to find that right fine-tune that balance and that and that's something that over the years i've gotten a lot better at but you know every once in a while i still do something foolish like yeah. trying to learn how to skateboard this year during quarantine <laughs> you know <laughs> that's what that, that's what has me in trouble right now like uh, you know I decided to pick up skateboarding with my son. It's a fun father-son thing to do. And it was since I was foreign to it, I felt like I don't have this advantage on my son where it's like something dad is going to show you that dad knows best. You know, it was yeah. like we're both at level zero here. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and of course, like that's just my personality. So I unfortunately start really researching more about skateboarding, <laughs> yeah. and watching videos, YouTube, Instagram. <laughs> and now, now I want to learn how to street skate and do tricks and stuff. And <laughs> and let's just say I, I took uh, quite quite a few nasty falls. It it was like sparring all over again, but with the concrete. You know? <laughs> and concrete always wins, man. Concrete <laughs> always. Always wins and, you know, just a lot of bad foot placements and stuff and landing on the board weird and rolling like on the on the corner of my foot. So I've, I've banged up my right foot pretty bad and I'm kind of working through it right now. I'm kind of mad at myself, but <laughs> I decided no more street skate. If I'm going to skate, I'm just going to cruise and just get on the long board and cruise, you know. Yeah, it's funny because I talk to a lot of people about like balance in life, you know, with family and with training and all that. And, and, and you've got that because you've got a family. So you got to balance that. But you've also got Taekwondo, mar you know, martial arts and, and running and balancing that. that and now skateboarding. So, right, right, right. <laughs> so you, you, you got it all, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny. I, I you know, I it, it's really cool. Like I do. I, I really enjoy doing it with my son. And it's yeah, like a, it's yeah. a cool thing. And but I, I, I have realized that it's just a really I mean, I always knew it, but it's a, such a dangerous sport, too, you know, and, and I'm kind of like. Uh, I don't I don't really know if I want to really push him hard on this because it's like, man, you're going to get no matter what, you're going to get messed up pretty bad. Like if you keep skating, you know, it's just yeah. especially when you want to like, you know, up the ante and, and that kind of thing. And so we need to do more cruising, cruising, just, less, yeah, let's just cruise. Less, less, 
street skate, you know, <laughs> more cruising, less bruising. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Uh, well, man, so, um, so you, 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 you kind of progressed in your, in your running and, um, you, you, you got, you did hundred milers and, and you've done like, uh, I'm looking here. You did the, you did the keys ultra a hundred, you did the Daytona hundred, you did the iron horse and like you were doing the Doing the Florida tour of hundreds. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I've done uh, Salt and Sea also, which was great. Um, yeah. And I got to crew last year, uh, Lisa Devona at Badwater. Oh, nice. Five, and uh, she took third female overall. So it was a great experience. You know, Badwater was just phenomenal. It's, uh, it's a pretty epic and crazy, you know, just the, the whole thing is just wild. And, you know, and I love that part of the country. You know, I love getting out there. And, and I've done a lot of other kind of crazy solo adventures out west where you know they they haven't been ultras yet i just got to get to the ultras the official ones yeah you know a lot of uh you know i i like getting out in the in the mountains in the woods and you know i don't mind being out there by myself too sometimes you know i did once get lost in lassen volcanic national park for quite a bit (laughs) above ten thousand feet and uh it was kind of a kind of a bit of a scary experience especially for my family you know because i was I was off the radar for quite a few hours after I told him, you know, I'd be back and all that. And, yeah. you know, and it got to a point where it was like survival mode now and, yeah. you know, and, and, and stuff like that. But, um, but, you know, <laughs> I love, I just, I, I love all the, ex- the extreme stuff. I love, you know, uh, experiencing nature, I guess, and all that yeah. it has to offer. So I definitely got to get out to some of these, uh, these big, hundreds or two hundreds out west you know? yeah man but, come on yeah yeah for sure it's 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 gonna happen you know i'm still doing the florida tour here I, <laughs> I, you know a lot of it sometimes is just balancing work and life and yeah, you know yeah for a while also like my my taekwondo competition calendar was also really heavy and so that's lightened up a bit so it's given me a little more flexibility to kind of pick uh, some bigger you know like uh, destination races and stuff like that so I'm hoping 2021 will bring a little more diversity to uh, that's cool. to the ultra sign up page and you know and I dabbled this year in the uh, in the virtuals as uh, you know we we were chatting about earlier and doing some some really silly stuff like running 5,000 laps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about that because I saw part of part of the video on it, uh, your YouTube video. You did a hundred miles in your studio. On on like not on a treadmill because I've done a treadmill a hundred but then that's that fried my brain but I can't you did a hundred miles or in your studio, wow. Yeah, it was. Tell, uh, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, tell tell me about like all right. So I I saw you had a specific path. You I guess you measured it out and uh and just went for it. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I mean I've been in the same spot in the same studio for you know, almost 13 years. So I know yeah. exactly what a mile is here. You know, I got, you know, we, the mats that we use are measured all right. They're, they're one meter by one meter. So it's very easy to, to yeah. measure it out and, and, and have a course, but even still, I, you know, I laid out a course, including the curves, you know, I was very, you know, I was, I was one step away from getting it certified, you know? <laughs> well, but, I saw you even had like a, uh, some vert on it, man. You had, yeah, man. <laughs> well, that was my son and my daughter, you know, they're like, dad, this is going to be so boring. He's like, you know, we got to make a hill. He wanted to do the craziest thing. He wanted to do like a full on obstacle course. And I'm like, dude, there's no way that it, are you trying to kill me out here? 
And so I agreed to the hill. And after measuring it out, you know, it worked out because it was 5,000 laps. So I was getting over two feet. You know, I was getting almost two feet of climb per lap. Yeah. So it was almost awesome. it was almost 10,000. I think it ended up being like 8,000 plus feet of vert and 8,000 feet of descent. You know, in, and in, that, in your place, man, That's in awesome. my place. <laughs> yeah. in a tiny little place. And it, it ended up doing a number on my. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I was OK, but it did a number on my ankles and my Achilles, man, because like the thing was uh, the way he set up the boxes too, like the steps weren't even even. <laughs> so like every every single lap I had to like, you know, take these odd like kind of like steps. And um, the funny thing is I'm, you know, throughout the course of the day, you know, I'd get on the phone or call my wife or text my wife and I'm telling her about, it. she's like, Lewis, just move the boxes. And I'm like, <laughs> that is unhonorable. I have to, I must do every single lap. You know, she kept like so many times that we got in touch. She's like, you know, I'm telling her, I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling it now. And she's like, Lewis, She's like, you don't have to go over the bar. I'm like, no, I accepted the challenge. I have to do it. Now there's no turning back. So um, that's awesome. But the, saw- the weird thing about it was it was it, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be like mentally. Like, yeah, I think I was so kind of like tickled by the absurdity of it that yeah, I just yeah. had this really weird like internal, you know, this is really funny and kind of epic sort of thing. And, and I. I just kept going and every once in a while, you know, I'd jump on like Facebook and people's, you know, support and encouragement would kind of, you know, keep me motivated and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was wild, man. That's great. Did you change directions every so often? Yeah. So, you know, I was trying to figure that out and I, I guess I just needed to do it to know like when was the right time. And so once I got going, um, I stuck with one hour, like every hour I'd change, you know, because I figured, you know, my, my speed at some point is going to change or I might get banged up or hurt or whatever. So I just, it was easy to just every hour just switch, you know? And, um, yeah, the first, the first 50 were actually pretty quick, you know, and it was going well. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. I think (laughs) I was like, like right under 11 hours. And, um, but then the, the reality of like the wear and tear on my ankles, cause you know, like almost 20,000 turns. Yeah. And there, and the thing is that a lot of the turns too are like, um, you don't have a lot of space. So they're like these like tight little turns. And by the time you finish the turn, you're doing the next turn, you know? (laughs) So it was like this constant like pressure and, and I never blister either. And I knew that I was probably going to get some blistering just because of the, the friction on my, like it was literally like 28 hours of straight like my feet were like on one of those like fair rides like the the g the g-force yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where they're being shoved to the outside for like <laughs> you know yeah so it was it was tough like in that regard and you know but i thought it was, it was definitely a good training exercise i guess yeah you know, yeah me- mental fortitude kind of thing yeah it, it, and that's what i was gonna say man that 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 helps just yeah you're 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 now, when you get to go and you you know you get to go actually do a a, a, a <laughs> right. race, it's like piece of cake, man. I can see other stuff, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. No, for sure. No, and, and it makes you, and I'm and I'm sure you know you totally understand. Like, but every time you finish one of these things, no matter what it is, you, you just like have this greater appreciation, you know, for everything. Yeah. And um, you know, and I and doing this one definitely, it was it was interesting too because a little it started as a joke, 
you know, and then I also saw Michael Ortiz, you know, just doing his thing. And, you know, he, he did this ridiculous short track in his living room, (laughs) you know, during his quest, which was insane. And, and that, you know, at first when I saw that, I was like, Oh my gosh, Michael, what are you, what are you doing? You know, like, get it. Can someone get this man a treadmill? Like, please, you know, like, you know, but I was like, wow, he's so, he's so determined to keep this going. It's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, but then after seeing him do it, I was like, well, my space is pretty tight, but it's, it's definitely a little bit bigger than his space. And so, you know, and I'd always joke around because a lot of my students know I do the ultra thing. And when I yeah. make them do laps, they always complain. And I'm like, and they're doing like literally, you know, their warm up is like a fifth of a mile. It's like, yeah, come on, yeah, guys, you yeah. know, <laughs> like it's like a two, a two minute, three minute jog around. And, you know, so there's been jokes about like running, the, you know, running an ultra inside the studio and all that stuff. But I never took it seriously. And then I don't know what happened. It just like went from like, no way I would never do something that ridiculous to all of a sudden I'm like, can I do it? Like, can I actually, can I pull this off? <laughs> you know? And then mm-hmm. it, it, it turned out where, um, you know, there's a little bit of like an emotional component to it as well. You know, like we were going through COVID, yeah. you know, the business was shut down, mm-hmm. you know, our livelihood was at stake. Um, and it was, it just so happened to time out with the 12 year anniversary of the studio. Oh, and I was wow. like the day I wanted to run it, I didn't even think of it. And then when I looked at it, I was like, wait, April, April 28th. Well, that's our anniversary. And I was oh. like, no, this is destined to happen. I'm like, I have to yeah. honor, I got to honor the studio. We're, we're down for the count right now, but we're not, you know, we're not yeah. out. Like we're, you know, so it was kind of like it, like an homage, like a tribute almost to all the years. And, and it was actually a pretty neat time to like, a lot of that time while I was running, you know, I got some time to reflect on, you know, everything that I've kind of been blessed in my life to, to have and, and also specifically related to the martial arts and to, you know, my studio is called Hero Martial Arts. And so mm-hmm. to, uh, usually I just refer to it as Hero. Yeah. Um, you know, but some people don't know what I'm talking about when I'm like, oh, at, at Hero, you know, they're like, what do you mean a hero? But yes. Yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. And um <laughs> And I'll never do it again. <laughs> yeah, what I was gonna say was, uh, yeah, I, I, I take about a week and don't even come back into the studio. Like I had enough of the studio for a little while, you know. It's like, <laughs> well, we we had to remodel a little bit after because I was like, when I walked back in, man, I was traumatized. I was like, I cannot, <laughs> you know. I came back in and I'm sitting at my desk. You know, I don't have a very large studio, but I'm just looking. I'm looking and I'm like, I can't believe I actually ran a hundred miles in this place. <laughs> You know, and then and then it's funny because like some of um, some of the runners that have done like my Miami hundred and stuff, and when they came in later to do the fifty fifty this year that we were, we just got lucky enough to to pull off, you know, and they walked in there, they're like, "Can you believe this guy ran a hundred miles inside of here?" You know, because this is <laughs> this is the start. It's also the start and finish of oh, uh, nice. of of my races, and um, you know, so it's, there's a lot of cool history out here too. You know, a lot of the blood, sweat, and tears that have gone on in the mats, you know, with the yeah, you know, yeah. training, sparring, and, you know, now a lot of the, I've kind of found a way to intertwine the, the ultra stuff, you know, with it as well. So that's definitely sweet. A, a, a pretty special place for me. Yeah. Well, hey, so you just, you talked about the, the Miami 100. Tell me, tell me, you, you direct it. Tell me a little bit about how, uh, you mentioned it earlier about how you were like trying to map out your runs. And so, Tell me about how your first Miami, 
you know, hundred miler and t- t- talk a little bit about the race. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it was, um, you know, it was like a labor of love. I'm sure yeah. a lot, like a lot of these races really are. And the, the thing was, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I just always loved travel. I've, I've always had a fascination with maps, you know, yeah. and like I, I, you know, I obsessively look over the U S map and then more specifically, you know, uh, state maps and national parks and different routes. I just, I love it. You know, it's a big hobby and passion of mine. And then, you know, I'd get like the Miami Dade County map and I just look at all these like roads and I just see all these possibilities. And that's how I really started doing my training for ultras, you know, was doing that. I'd, I'd sit there with the map, I'd map out routes and, you know, and then achieve them. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. You know, doing all these different routes and stuff like that. And then, you know, after some time and, you know, I, I did get into the RDing fairly quick, you know, within the game, but a lot of people, I guess, don't know that, you know, I've, I've been an event director for many, many years, you know, yeah, with yeah. martial arts. So it was kind of like a, I guess, natural transition because I've always been, I've been putting on events for, you know, probably like the last decade, you know, even before I started my fight league, we, we do other events and tournaments and charity events and stuff like that. And so I've always, uh, my wife and I, which do it together, I've always enjoyed that, um, you know, just doing that. And so it was a natural transition. And, you know, I started doing research and I'm like, there's never really been an epic Miami hundred, you know, like there's all these great races in Florida, you know, there's some iconic races and, and, you know, I'm thinking about also some of the iconic races around the country. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, Miami's such a beautiful city and it's a great place. And, and not everybody knows that, you know, people have their preconceived note, like we all do about different places. Yeah, you, yeah. you think, you think it's this or that. And, and you go there and you're like, whoa, this is not what I expected, you know? And, and so I really just wanted to, to put something on that I felt like would pay tribute to the city. And then I kind of, I, you know, I just had to put my own little spin on it. And so it's, it's different. Uh, you know, I'm inspired from different races. Um, you know, I wanted to be a little bit of an extra challenge. And so I was like, well, there's not going to be a fixed course. Every year is going to be a different course. <laughs> and so, nice. And, and I want, and, and so instead of like knowing the course ahead of time, runners get like a directional card. So the, the main thing that I guess I'd want people to know is it's not orienteering. You know, that's not, cause yeah. a lot of times people are confused. Like there is a specific route yeah. and you are, you are supposed to follow that route and it's not designed to not be runnable. Like you're not out there, like pulling your hair out, trying to figure out where you're going. You know, you're literally reading a card that tells you, yeah. you know, turn left on this street, you know? Yeah. Term. Yeah. And there's, you know, and there's little, you know, like uh, corresponding mileage numbers with like an estimate of like more or less where you're going to be. Right. And then there's also like a little hand drawn map in the back just showing it doesn't show other cross streets to confuse you. It only shows the exact routes and streets that you're supposed to be on. So, yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, like most people have no issue with it. But, you know, there's always like a misturn here or there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that happens on marked trails like yeah, that happens yeah. on on uh, on loop courses exactly know? yeah <laughs> so you know we've we've had great you know we were we've done the miami 100 twice and then this was supposed to be the third running this year um and uh we had a, a curfew enforced but i really wanted runners to have an experience so i decided to do a, a 50 mile race instead of a, a short course yeah. and so we did a 50 and we called it ride the wave kind of like, you know, just ride the wave this yeah. year. Yeah. And, um, 
and it, and it was the same platform, same format. So runners have to get to a checkpoint, and once they get to the checkpoint, if they successfully get there, they get their next set of directions. Nice. So you know, if you're running the hundred, basically it's like seven legs. So you're running like seven races. You know, you just get to checkpoint one, and then you know you get the new set of directions, and you get to checkpoint two, and then so on and so forth. And, you know, I felt like also this would be a way of for runners to really kind of. I guess be more aware of their surroundings and really kind of like it's a little bit more of an adventure. Yeah, is what yeah. I wanted it to kind of feel like, you know. And it's and it's also very urban. So you know, yeah. you're you're really out there. It's this urban. There is a nice mixture though of like you know natural outdoor settings and stuff like that. There's a lot of you know oceanside running, um, a lot of bridges and stuff like that, and really yeah. neat uh, like neighborhoods and different uh, districts and stuff like that. And um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's also, it's, um, there's no aid actually. There's some aid. We provide some aid, but it's not, you're not supposed to rely on it. You know, right, right. like my volunteers will bring a bunch of stuff. And the only thing we promise is ice water at the checkpoints. Oh, so wow. it makes it, so it's kind of, you know, a little bit of that extra adventure a lot. And a, a lot of our solo runners actually really like it because, you know, it's kind of like almost that survival adventure where you got to, you got to go into a, like a gas station or or, you know, a fast food place or a supermarket or, yeah. or wherever or, or a restaurant, you know, people have gone into nightclubs and bars you know, to get <laughs> to get stuff. And, you know, and yeah. And, and, um, you know, unless you have a crew, if you have a crew, then, you know, your crew takes care of you. If not, you know, you're kind of on your own and you got to figure out how to how to manage it. But, you know, the thing is, there's so many places and uh, like readily accessible that, you know, um, you never go really more than like four or five miles where you wouldn't have like a plethora of options of where to go and, yeah. and stop and get stuff. And, um, and yeah, so that, you know, that's kind of, that's, uh, that's what it is. And it's also a deceptively hot race. You know, it's extremely hot and humid in Miami late September. Okay. So it's a great race. If you want to like prep for like a bad water or something like that, you know, it's a really, really hot. <laughs> <humid> race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, nice. Uh, well, uh, well, man, that, that's cool. So, so hopefully next year we, the, you know, the third official running of it, but uh, right. I saw the buckle, the buckle looks really cool. Uh, you know, yeah, I saw man. that good job on that too. That's, that's, that's cool. I might, I've never been to Miami. Might be a good excuse to go visit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. You gotta, you, you gotta come out and give it a whirl, man. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be awesome. It'd, uh, probably a little different from a lot of a lot of the the runs and the races that you're you know you're used to doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Now there's a there's a I've, I've done um there's an urban ultra here in in Tulsa, but it's a it's a fixed route that they use the um the the quick trip gas stations are your uh that's your your aid stations. Oh, there and, you go. Yeah, and it starts and finishes at Runner's World. Uh, so we end up doing uh four 25 mile loops through the city. So it's kind of similar, but uh not not quite as uh that's a lot of work though to change the course every year, man. That's 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 it, a labor of love, man. It's <laughs> a lot of work. My, yeah. you know, my dad was like, uh, Lewis, why don't you just make it a fixed course yeah. and, and save yourself and everybody else the, yeah. the the heartache? I'm like, no, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I want people to have this kind of experience, and yeah. um, you know, it's and and it's cool. It, it's cool because I've had some runners that have done every installment. You know, I also launched this year the sister race, which was a 50-50. Yeah, and um. The way that one works is 
uh, a little bit of inspiration from like Badwater Salt and Sea, where you have to run with your partner. Oh, nice. uh, but it's a little bit, it's a little different in that you cannot have an individual finish. So like if your partner, if something goes down or something goes wrong, that's it. It's a DNF. Like there's wow. no, you're in it together and then there's no crew allowed for that one. So it's literally like it's you and your partner and these 50 yeah. miles. Can you, can you make it happen? You know, that's so it's, cool. uh, yeah, that one actually is, uh, I'm really excited about that. And it was actually going like, um, you know, we had a lot of signups for it, but with COVID and everything, it was just crazy. And so the majority of my, um, my roster deferred. Yeah. And then once we figured out that we'd be able to pull the race off and, and give those the option, you know, that wanted to still, you know, it was a weird time and, and we respect everybody's yeah. you know, wishes and preferences. You know, some people feel comfortable doing it. Others don't, you know, the reality is you're going to be outdoors pretty much the entire time. Yeah. And so we got a lot of, you know, like late signups and people to join the party. And it's a lot of fun because, you know, people come up with their team names and they come up with these funny team names and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, and, you know, we, we kind of call it like couples therapy because you got to really make sure, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's you're going to be put to the test. And, and it's all again, June, third weekend of June in Miami is also extremely hot. Oh, and humid. man. It's, yeah, it's nasty. <laughs> you know, so it's so beautiful. But don't let don't let the beauty fool you. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's definitely you're definitely going to sweat a lot. So man. that's for sure. Well, hey, so I have to ask this because uh, you mentioned it a couple of times and you've crewed. You got any interest in doing bad water? Absolutely. Absolutely. OK. OK. Um, yeah. 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 No, for sure. It's, um, you know, I got to see when the time is right. To yeah. Put yeah. An application. You know, I know like because of what happened this year, there wouldn't be the opportunity to apply for 2021 because everyone's going to get rolled over. Yeah. So. There, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to reveal too many secrets, yeah. but no, no, no. But I, I think, <laughs> I think, um, at the, the next opportunity, I, I definitely might consider applying, you know, either that year or then, and of course you got to get in. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll, you, you got to start applying. If you want to get in, you got to start applying, you know, that's it. That's it. So, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it fascinates me and, and, you know, after crewing it and being out there and, you know, getting to pace you know, spent so much time out in the course. Um, and you know, before the race and after the race, you know, I, and I, and I've been out there beforehand and doing Taekwondo tournaments and stuff like that. And I just love that whole area, you know, yeah. it's mesmerizing and, and I definitely want to run it. So nice. I, I've, I've interviewed, uh, I think four or five different runners that have done it. And, uh, it, it, now I've always said, Oh, no way. But after interviewing them, I'm kind of like, Hmm. <laughs> and my wife's like, no way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you we'll should, see. <laughs> I mean, you should, I mean, it is, it's weird in the heat, you know, it really is different. Like the, the dry heat. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. It's brutal, Yeah. but it, it's a total different experience from like the heat down here. Like let's say South Florida heat. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to sound crazy. And a lot of, and the, the craziest part, is a lot of South Florida runners will agree with me and, and tell you that they find it more difficult running down here, like yeah. in summer conditions than running out there, even though we're from here and yeah. we're training it all the time. There's just something about the humidity, man, that like, it just wrecks you like from the inside out, you know, it's a yeah. real challenge. Hey, I'm, I'm from South Louisiana, man. You don't have to tell oh, me there twice. There you go. Bro. There yeah, you go. I, I, I grew up in that junk and, and trained my first 
few years of running ultras in that man and yeah you got it makes you tough though it, it makes for you really sure. tough for other races man for sure yeah. for sure yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the humidity is no joke yeah well man so um i see you've you've got daytona 100 on here and uh i see you've got in february uh last person standing so uh you did one of those already though how how, how was that uh doing the last person i haven't done one of those yet it was uh it was way better than what i thought you know like i was curious if i was going to enjoy the platform yeah and i just i absolutely loved it you know um uh, Ashley Hecklow that puts on the race down here does does a fantastic job and the, the community is like really great down here, uh, here in you know in Florida and um, it was a lot of fun yeah. and I just really liked it because I felt like I had a chance you know like there's all these way better runners out there and I know they're much faster and more experienced but you still got to be willing to come back and step yeah. up to the plate again and um, you know I actually was not in great shape when I went into the race, you know, like I, I had, a, and I, and I hate to even say this stuff, but like I completely threw out my back before the race. Oh, wow. And so yeah. the, the trail portion was just killing me, like just yeah. killing me, you know, like I just was not, and I'm more of a road runner, but I love, I love trails. So I was just struggling on the trails, you know, even though I was like, I was, I was getting in and my strategy was to go really slow. So yeah. I was like the last person in almost every single loop, but you know, it was just, it, the, the numbers kept dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And, you know, I think I got to like the last six people or something like that. I don't know, six or seven. And, uh, I had the energy. I had the, the, uh, I was very wide awake still and I, and I'm pretty good with sleep deprivation. So I was really hoping to go deep into this race format, but man, by the time morning came up again and we got back on the trail from the road, I just yeah. had no pep in my step. Like I could yeah. not, I could not get like anything going, you know, like I was just, you know, I had no strength like coming and the, the trail there is like true Florida trail. It's like, there's no real elevation or anything, but it's just gnarly, like the grass and the sand and, roots. and the little rut, yeah. the ruts in there, you know, okay. like it's very kind of uneven and stuff like that. So it's, it's hard to get into a great rhythm, yeah. you know, but, um, but I, unfortunately, it's it's canceled for this. Oh, um, man. Yeah, 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 it's canceled. You know, it's just with COVID, there's too many uncertainties. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people all in the same spot, like, to get started. And, um, yeah, I was bummed, man. I really, I was really <laughs> hoping for a strong comeback. Like, you know, and I was, I was hoping to be part of, like, you know, a race that goes really deep, you know, hopefully. Yeah. I, I definitely want to get back into this backyard format. Like, I, I, I like it, and I feel like you know it gives like um you know obviously you got to have some level of of ability to get through those rounds and stuff like that but you don't have to be the fastest person out there yeah you know and yeah. i like this i like the psychology of it you know because you'll see people crushing these fast loops and they're crushing it crushing it crushing it and you could just come in with a little smile on your face with a minute to go <laughs> you know and you're yeah. like hey what's up we're lining back up again you know <laughs> and then and it's crazy how people just drop, you know, it's like they look so strong. And then from one moment to the next, it's just like, oh, game over. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I like that kind of uh, I like everything that's like gritty and, 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 and rough and hard. You know, I, I like to challenge myself in that kind of a way. So, yeah. 
I I I I think it's cool how there's so many of those popping up, and so I'm I'm intrigued, you know. And uh, I just yeah, I, I don't know, like I really don't know how I would do, you know. So so it it'd be fun to see, you know, that that mind game, you know, like this could go on forever, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some of the 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 that are being put up at bigs is like crazy, and what happened this year, yeah. and and Carl Saab, uh, you know, what seventy five loops i think it was and out in belgium it was like just yeah. mind-blowing but you know I, I i've stayed up like i actually last year during the miami hundred due to a crazy snafu with my phone where my phone just went crazy like the night at pre-race so i ended up staying up like all night trying to fix my phone and going you know i was just so stressed out you know I'm like yeah. how can i manage my race without my phone and um, I have all my contacts in there, like everything, you know, like all the stuff I do, the live streaming, photos, whatever. So I'm like freaking out. Race starts at 5 a.m. I'm, I'm still scrambling. In my, you know, I'm not very tech savvy. You know, my wife is great. She's trying to get this thing working. Finally, at one in the morning, I'm like, babe, I'm not even going to go to sleep anymore. I'm going to risk missing the race start. I'm going to fall asleep and not even get up to start the race. So I come back to the studio and I'm still messing with my phone at 3 a.m. You know, I tried to, like, close my eyes for, you know, th- couldn't even do I was so stressed. I have people at the door at 4 a.m., like, waiting oh, to get in and use man. the bathroom. So, you know, and I was up at 7 a.m. that morning, Friday morning. And so I go through that whole night, no sleep, start the race, get everybody going, got to drive home, swap phones with my wife. Now I have her phone. I have nobody's contacts. <sighs> no, all the people that have like trying to get a hold of me can't get a hold of me. You know, I'm oh, supposed man. to RD. The, it was a nightmare. And um, somewhere like around 7 p.m. during the race, finally my wife just she had to get a, a brand new phone. Like my phone just completely crapped out. There was nothing to do. And um, I, get, I get a brand new phone <laughs> delivered mid race. But you know, I have to go that stay overnight the next night. So now it's two, sleep, two sleepless nights. And then my last finisher came in like 34 hours. And so, wow. so I'm like, it's now Sunday. You know, I was up since Friday, 7 a.m. It's now Sunday at like 3 p.m. Finally wrapping up, getting out of the studio. Swing out my, my family. One of my uh, nieces always has a birthday, like right same weekend as my race. <laughs> I feel horrible. We swing over to my parents' house, go to the birthday party for a little bit, come home. Finally, I crash at like... 8 uh 8 9 p.m so it was like 60 60 something hours straight yeah you know no wow. not even get my eyes shut like for one moment but i was like okay i need to embrace this this has to become yeah you know, like a like a superpower so if i ever do something really long yeah you know try to really yeah. embrace the the sleep deprivation technique and, and i've i've done a lot of crewing overnight like I, i've I've gotten to do a bunch of other races where I've, you know, done the overnight portion for somebody. And, um, and I always feel like, uh, you know, it's always, that's always the hardest part for most people during the race. So I'm like, you know, if I'm going to help, I want to really help. So I'm going to try to help someone at the, at the most difficult time. And I guess by doing that at the same time, you also, I guess, are, you know, working on your, your own mental strength, you know, being able to get out there and hang and hang on, you know? that's awesome well um 
So, yeah, and that's and that that would I would I think I would struggle with some of that. You know, uh, I, I need to work on my sleep game because I like my sleep, but uh, I'm pretty good the first night. But boy, into the second, ah, <laughs> it gets right. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's uh, I, I love my sleep, too. It's just one of those things where it's like at some point, I guess, you know, you know, it's coming. So you got to figure yeah. out a way, you know, to yeah. just to, to not like succumb to it. I don't know. You know, it's it's tough, but. Yeah. You know, well, well, so that's been canceled. Uh, what do you have any, what other races do you have that are lined up for 2021? So I'm going to do Daytona in two weeks. Uh, and then after that, two weeks after that is ancient Oaks 100. Okay. Um, and so I don't know if that's on showing on ultra sign up, but I'm, I'm in that. And that's okay. like, one of, that's probably the most storied Florida race. Actually, it's been going on for yeah. many, many years. And it's like an invite only and um it's a very unique race and it's kind of supposed to do it last year didn't get a chance to do it so uh i'm hoping i get through daytona healthy yeah you know uh and then do ancient oaks and then a month after that is long haul 100 so i'm not officially signed up yet but i mostly kind of want to see what happens at daytona but yeah yeah the plan is do uh the plans try to pr at daytona then enjoy ancient oaks you know, not no no goals for ancient oaks. Just enjoy yeah. it, and um, and then kind of have a month to get get my body back in order and and do long haul. And uh, after that, um, you know, there's Lost 118, which is a one lap around Lake Okeechobee. So that's it was really close. I hadn't to heard the, of that. Yeah, it's a, it's also it's like a very small race, but it's it's a it's an epic race. It's really cool. The buckle is like super sweet. I have to and check that out. Yeah, man, lost 118. It's been on my my radar for years. Every time, like you know, there's a reason why I don't do it. Last time it was the last man standing, and now that the last man standing is canceled, I'm like, ah, it's <laughs> you know, I, I I probably should do it this year, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. So there's that, and then and you know, um, I think I'd like to do something pretty epic and awesome, you know, something outside of not that Florida is not awesome, but I I definitely want to do something big on yeah. the other side of the country. So hopefully, you know, kind of wrap up this year and the holidays yeah. and then get on that, that planning, <laughs> yeah. you know, get on the ultra sign up and, uh, figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah some sure. damage. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, well, man. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I think like a lot of, like a lot of us, you know, we're all just, just wanting 2021 to be let's get back at, you know get back to it and you know things are looking good as far as you know they, they, they've got a, a vaccine that's that's that looks yeah, pro- yeah. promising and yes uh so yeah i i, I uh, yeah it'd be good to get back at it and, and there's still some races happening you know with you know if, if people feel comfortable there's still a few that they're putting in uh you know, certain protocols and all. And, and I, I've done a few uh, this year and I felt comfortable with what they've done. And, um, you know, there weren't any issues. So um, hopefully that even even if in that interim before the vaccines get put out, hopefully, you know, still some races that people are putting on. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we'll see more and more of it. And hopefully I know some of the larger races are, are still in jeopardy and all that. And yeah. until that vaccine comes out and, you know, yeah. and I guess we'll see what, how everything kind of falls into place, but yeah. you know, hopefully, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of pressure on 2021. Yeah, there, there is, there is, because <laughs> what a dumpster fire of 2020, man. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, um, so uh, I always like to ask, and I forget sometimes, but before we, before we wrap everything up, I always like to ask people, because because I'm interested, and I'm sure people listening are too, um, about gear that you use. So we, we, I like to start off with the shoes, and and so uh, what's your 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 go-to road shoe? Wait, 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 let's start. What's your go-to road shoe? What are you, what are you wearing on the streets? So, you know, uh, as you know, I'm an, an ultra guy, ultra. Yeah. Um, I've been, since the first time I put my foot in one about seven years ago, I have not touched another brand, you know, so I'm all, yeah. I'm all ultra. And uh, my go-to right now is the Escalante Racer. So I, I love that shoe. Yeah. I, I, I've loved all the Escalantes, but the racer, I feel like is just the right amount of shoe. Um, and you know what I'm always telling people, it's like, man, you know, you could run a great, like a uh, 5k, you know, you can run a really fast, um, you know, or do speed work or whatnot. And it still feels comfortable and strong for like a hundred mile road race. You know, like yeah. I've, I've done a hundred miles in Escalantes and really, yeah, yeah, I have. I've I done mar- do marathons, but I haven't gone further than a marathon in the Escalante. <laughs> I did. Uh, I actually did Daytona last year in the Cayentas, which are. Oh, dude, that's like yeah. barefoot, dude. That's like a slap, <laughs> slap some rubber on your feet, man. <laughs> yeah, man, that was. It, it actually went really well, but after man, I was really sore. Like my legs and my feet were really sore. Uh, but I, I, I realized that was maybe light. So the Escalante racer. I feel like it, you know, it's just such a flexible shoe. It's lightweight. It's got that, that good pop. You know, you just want to like, you know, you just want to go. And, and like I said, it feels good for me. Like, you know, going long for a while I was using Torrens. So I was running all these hundreds for the first few years, the road hundreds in the Torrin. And, um, and I liked it a lot, but I started realizing that the low, the smaller, the shoe, you know, my foot was just a little lower to the ground and I guess there's less play on my ankles and stuff like that. And with, with some of the injuries I've racked up over the years and all the Taekwondo stuff and, and my knees and my feet and all that. And I'm, I'm barefoot all the time anyway. So I was like, yeah. it probably makes more sense for me to be in a smaller shoe. I just got to get my foot reaccustomed to putting on heavier miles in a smaller shoe. And, um, and it's helped a lot. You know, ever since I kind of moved away from the Torrent, I still use them for casual wear. Yeah. And like, you know, sometimes I'll go out and pace somebody and, you know, and it's, it, I'm not like, you know, I'm not at a full capacity. I'm just kind of helping out or doing something. And, you know, a lot of times if I'm pacing, it's probably somebody's been running for way too long anyway. So yeah, yeah. it's not like we're doing anything crazy fast, you know, so I'll, I'll slip in the Torrens and, um, and it feel it feels good. But for like most of my training purposes, you know, I'm in, I'm in my Escalantes yeah. and I'll rotate a few of, of, of the ones that I have and stuff like that. Uh, I actually use the 2.0. Um, I had, I got the all white ones. Oh, you and, did. And then my wife custom painted them and these pretty epic colors. And uh, you know, a lot of the ultra people too were like, Oh my God, where'd you get those? I'm like, no, these are, these are custom. man. <laughs> nice. You can't find this on the ultra site, but, uh, you know, I actually ended up doing 300s in those in the 2.0s. You know, they're they're definitely a little bit bigger than the than the Escalante, but you know, they're they're a great shoe and yeah. you know, they provide a lot of a lot of support. I love uh for trails, I love you know, I love the Lone Peak, I love mm. the the Temp. 
Yeah. But I also I did that that last man standing, which we ended up doing twenty. You know, I ended up finishing the twenty fourth hour, which is a hundred miles. But I ended up timing out, so I was like about six minutes late. You know, having a little pity party out on that trail. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. ah, couldn't make it. <laughs> you know. But I went in the Superior 4.0 for that one. And the funny story with that was uh, I had gotten the Superiors. I hadn't even tried them on. I had them in the box. (laughs) I showed up. up, I'm running late for the race, and I'm scrambling to get my cooler up. You know, a buddy of mine had staked out a little spot, uh, you know, and um, Chris Stevens, and uh, he's out in Icarus right now banging. He's uh, he's doing a 72-hour. He's working on his all-time 1,000 miles at, at the Icarus uh, Fest. It's oh, pretty wow. awesome. Yeah. And um, and so I, t- <laughs> I told him, I'm like, I haven't even tried these on yet. He's like, oh, my God, you're crazy. He's like, you sure you want to put, you want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, why, why not? Let's give it a whirl. So I literally tried them on for the first time and out the box, you know, got 100 miles in them. And, I, and they were like, honestly, the most comfortable shoe ever. I mean, yeah. it was like phenomenal. I'd probably, I'm hoping to do more, you know, races and, and I'm hoping that, Next year there'll be more trail in my in my yeah. future. You know, I'm gonna definitely do uh, Ancient Oaks yeah. after Daytona in, in the Superiors. You know, if if that uh you know comes to pass, every everything works out, stay healthy. I'll uh, I'll give it a whirl. But I love those Superiors. I have I have uh, for roads. I mean, my go-to. I, I do the Escalante races, and I have a couple pairs of Superiors for the non-rocky trails. And that there, I did my first hundred in Superiors in Louisiana, and those those things are. That's one of the most comf- comfortable trail shoes out, man. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I love them. So I, I got to get my hands on a few more pairs. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I love them. Nice. So, so, um, so you, you, you lean toward the minimal and stuff on that. So what do you do for as far what do you, for GPS, what are you, uh, tracking? So, with? um, I'm using Coros right now. Okay. I had a, you know, I had a Garmin Phoenix, uh, two for a while, but you know, to be honest, uh, it just wasn't giving me enough battery life. Yeah. And so, you know, it's frustrating, like toward the tail end of, of a uh, hundred milers, you know, the watch is dying on me and, and yeah. you know, and you're, you're usually not, doing that great at that point anyway and now it's nighttime and now you're you know you have no data on your watch and so yeah yeah it's uh you know so i ended up doing daytona last year was just with my phone and just running the strava app oh and wow people were like are you really gonna run with your phone in your hand the whole time i'm like well i have no you know i'm, I'm tired of the watch dying on me so i'm just gonna run with the phone and every once in a while i plug it to a power bank and you know i have to figure out carrying the power bank and the phone and <laughs> just keep going yeah and um and i i unlocked my phone like only a gazillion times because my phone closed and i had to unlock it to look at you know to get my ratios right and stay on the clock and, and it worked out and then so i did um i did a 200k after that the the pier to pier which oh, is wow. from the the pier of naples on the west coast of florida all the way across to uh, miami beach to the pier over there oh uh, great, sweet yeah, great race. It's a, it was a brand new race. So it was the second running this year coming up. And um, it's funny, like some, you know, a bunch of people are like, are you really going to run with a phone in your hand the whole time? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, actually I am. And, um, and yeah, so I did. And then I also did the last man standing with the phone. And at that point I was like, okay, it's time for a watch. It's you know? time for and a watch. Yeah. Yeah. And I had seen so many great reviews about the battery life for the Coros. And so I jumped on the Coros pace which is her like economy watch and 
man, that thing's amazing. Like yeah. the battery life is phenomenal. You know, like when I did my indoor hundred here, you know, sure it was on indoor mode, but I had like 50 something percent after 28 hours. And then I did, um, I did another virtual hundred. Oh man, that, that one was rough though. Like a month, a month later, it was so hot and humid and my, my heart wasn't fully into it, but it was my own. I was putting on a Ninja virtual hundred and I wanted the buck. I wanted the buckle so bad. I, I kind of forced it. And, uh, let's just say, you know, everything went wrong and I, I kind of tortured myself for no reason. I just took whatever, but the point is the watch was phenomenal. The watch worked. Yeah. yeah, I, I like literally used my watch for almost a month after that hundred without having to charge it. You know, that's so, crazy. Wow. So if you're listening to this podcast, get yourself Coros <laughs> and, and some ultras, of course. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, uh, what kind of pack do you wear when you when you're racing? I do handhelds, you know, since okay. I, I, I haven't really done any major trail hundreds yet. I yeah. haven't really had a necessity okay. of using a pack. I do have this really old camelback, you know, <laughs> that I got, you know, probably when I just first started, um, you know, helping my wife, like do the long runs and I had no idea what I was doing. So I was like, okay, I got to get a pack and hydration, all this stuff. And, um, you know, I gutted it. I got rid of the bladder. I hated the bladder. And every once in a while, when I go on my solo adventures here, like if I'm going really long, you know, like uh, over 30 miles or something like that, I'll just use it to shove stuff in it, you yeah. know, but I don't, I've never raced in it. So I've never, it, you know, if you ask anyone that knows me, like I'm probably one of the most minimal people yeah. you'll ever meet. Like I have very little gear, you know, yeah. I, I don't use much. I don't run much. I don't require much. So kind of always how I've been, yeah. you know, to a fault. I, I kind of need to learn to be more prepared and yeah. have some backup stuff and, and things like that. But, you know, but yeah, I'm pretty, pretty minimal. Well, sometimes it's freeing to keep it simple, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a handheld, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure I'll, I'll need a, a good pack when I start doing some of the longer trail stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's okay. where I'm at so far. All right. Well, what is your go-to as far as uh, electrolyte and nutrition when you're running a race? So, you know, I I was doing Tailwind for a while. Uh, that's kind of just what I stumbled upon at races when I first started, and it really just I was like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> tailwind is the provided electrolyte, so let's yeah. let's use some Tailwind. Yeah. But then, you know, I started like planning runs with it and using it, and um, oh. Hey, you there? I think I lost you. Lewis, can you hear me? Uh, there we go. All right. Yeah, so you, you started, you did, you did like I did, started Tailwind? <laughs> yeah, started, started Tailwind. You know, and it worked pretty well, but I just felt like um, it was a little heavy for me, especially during some of the hot and humid races. And so I kind of decided to just, uh, you know, actually um, – I think it was Keys 100 where I, I went, uh, you know, with just water and, you know, some Gatorade and Coke and stuff like that, you know, kind of a, abandoned the, like the really concentrated stuff. Yeah. And then since then, um, I've just gone with coconut water uh, and some Gatorade and some regular water. And then every once in a while, you know, uh, a Coke is a, is a pick me up yeah. and it's worked out. It's worked out great. So for my last few hundreds, I've done um you know, I'll go like one round water and then 
on the uh, the next round, I'll just go do half coconut water and half Gatorade. Uh, okay. Shout out to uh, Scott Richards on that one. So he crewed me last year at Daytona 100, and, you know, and I, I had got Gatorade, I had got coconut water, I had them all separate. But he, you know, at the first crew stop, he's like, "Well, I mixed the coconut water and the Gatorade for you." He's like, "Let me know how you like it." <laughs> and the mix was like great actually because for whatever reason when you go half and half you never get tired of either one and ah, at uh. least for me it's i mean you should try it it's for me it's worked out great and so that's my go-to now you know coconut oh, water head. no fancy electrolyte drinks just gatorade na- and natural coconut water like nothing with preservatives or added stuff in it just a, yeah you know straight coconut water and um and usually toward the tail end of races, I start to trend more toward wanting just water. You know, like yeah. once once I'm kind of in that last one third of the race, I feel like, you know, I'm I'm tired of everything. I just yeah. want just want to get get to the finish and a little more water and maybe every once in a while, you know, you might have a little swig of coke or something. But yeah. just uh, keep going and and I don't really take any like supplements or tabs or anything like that. Like I might take um like a salt tab or something if I'm yeah. cramping a little bit. But other, other than that, that's pretty much it. And then for new, for nutrition, um, you know, just food like okay. peanut butter, jelly. Um, yeah. I like granola bars and bananas. That's probably like my main go to, yeah. you know, a bunch of bananas, uh, granola, you know, there's certain, certain ones that are, you know, it's gotta be the right, <laughs> the right texture. So it goes down easy. You know, it yeah. can't be too, too hard and crunchy and um you know i might get like a little bit of a salty kind of craving at some point and maybe have some chips or something but yeah. you know um i've had like you know hot mashed potatoes before at a race and that that actually like sat really well yeah but I've, I've been fortunate to never really have stomach issues you know that's good uh, so i you know, as long as it like if, if I have the appetite and it appeals to me, you know, I pretty much could eat it and go and, and keep moving. Yeah. Um, but I've learned in the last few races that I'm enjoying a more like simplified kind of menu. So nice. You know, <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, yeah, all the food, the aid stations and this and that and trail party. And I'm, I'm kind of more like. You can eat whatever you want to eat, like any other time of year, like yes. you know, and, and actually enjoy your food. You know, the race for me, you know, I'm not like some phenomenal runner, but I'm I'm competitive with myself, so I'm trying yeah. to yeah trying to get faster and do better. So for me, it's all about whatever's most efficient, and it's yeah. gonna like be, a, you know, I can get it down, and you know, it's not gonna like drive me crazy after a while, but. You know, I'm not trying to try out too many foods or eat all kinds of stuff. Just whatever works, you know. You know, I I did tailwind till it got it turned on me, and so so I'm I'm in the process right now of uh kind of keeping things simple too. So yeah, we'll see how that works for me. <laughs> yeah, man, coconut water. I'm gonna have to try that coconut water mixed with yeah. I, I, I'm about to get that a shot and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, man, do it. I'm telling you. All right, started something new, man. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Well, well, Lewis, man, I, I thank you so much. I know you're busy, you know, with, with your, uh, your, you know, your teaching and everything. And, um, you know, it's even later there than it is here. So, man, I, I, I appreciate you taking time to, to visit and share your story and share your experience with everybody else. And I hope, uh, 
I don't know. Hope some folks listen and, you know, go check out the Miami 50-50, the Miami 100, and, you know, see what you got going on over there, man. It'd be good. Yeah, man, for sure. I really I really appreciate it. You know, it's uh, this has been a blast. You know, I've enjoyed uh, chatting it up with you. And, yeah. um, you know, look forward to uh, to sharing this and, um, you know, and, and catching up with you sometime, hopefully out on the trails. Yeah, man. Yeah. Come, come out this way. And then who knows? You know, I might decide to go sweat it out in Miami. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I got a point. Well, you know, you can always visit like when it's not nasty out here and, you know, we could just go for a run. Yeah, that, that would work, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. We have well, a man. very small window, man, of, of, of uh, nice, nice weather. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like two weeks somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was 73 last night, 73 degrees. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this is this is amazing. This, this is beautiful. Is like, yeah. It's beautiful out. The rest <laughs> of the crazy. country is like, oh, my God, it's so warm. And, you know? <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, man. Well, hey, man, it really has been a pleasure getting to know you. And, and now that we've we've actually talked, it, it's cool. It's cool. I, you know, uh, looking forward to, you know, following you, all your adventures, things you're doing on Instagram. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll hook up on the trails at some point. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Thank you so much, man. This has been a great experience. I've really uh, uh, enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, man. All right, you take care, Lewis. Oh, you got you too. Right. Thank you. Cool.